could always do like the fake YouTuber thing, you know. Which is what? Like, hey, everybody, this is, we're in the show. We're going to do this. We're going to talk about this. We're gonna do this. You know, like the, the super hyperactive sort of bullshit. Yeah, that doesn't match the vibe, I don't think. Yeah, I know. It just, <laughs> yeah, it would be too jarring. Just have to like snort some Adderall before. It would start us off. <laughs> On like the wrong, like Head with space. the wrong tone. Yeah, it just wouldn't work, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, we could run down what we're going to talk about on the show. That's true. Because that, that seems like a pretty good thing to do. Give people an idea of what they're in for here. Yeah, but then if we don't get to something, <laughs> I have to edit that out. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Although I feel like this week... I feel like this week we might be able to get through everything. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've, I feel like we've made that uh, statement uh before yes pretty much every time advantage uh especially last week yes i was like yeah we're definitely gonna get through all of this and we had an incredibly long show it was uh incredibly long did it hit two um, hours it did it did even, even after, after all the, the editing edit. yeah oh man yeah, it did uh, you should have cut out my um, uh, my citrus uh, stuff because I have a, a bit of a different take this week after finishing the series. <laughs> see, no, see, I I I uh, I had a uh, you know premonition, <laughs> like I, I I thought that that would happen, uh, so I needed to compare and the contrast. That's like the only thing so. I've watched this week because I I made sure to get through the entire uh, season. Okay. Um, Let's just jump into that then. Okay. Because uh, th this is the show now. This is the show. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah. So now any and all we have discussion is just going to be in Did It All for the Moogle. So, uh, yeah. Great. Can I, um, um, can I propose, uh, and I'm not, I'm not serious about this, but uh, an alternate intro theme for the segment. Sure. It, it comes from a TikTok. Uh, the, the of name, the name of the account is quite explicit as you'll see. I don't even oh, know yeah? if I want to say it, but it, I thought this was pretty great. Oh, that is, that is quite uh, <laughs> gross. Actually. That's just, that's just gross. Uh, okay. So I was like watching Attack and Titan and shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah that, that's that's not bad yeah that's not bad. it's pretty good <laughs> uh we were not watching attack on titan and shit though we were watching no or i was watching something very different from that uh-huh um <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah so if anybody stuck around to the end of last week's very long show um you mentioned that you were getting into some anime mm -hmm. um and you were uh a few episodes into a program called citrus um and you were sort of not sure why it was so controversial mm -hmm. <laughs> despite the fact that it uh um has some moments of incest and uh and as you <laughs> As you confided in me after the show, uh, you said, oh, yeah, and I didn't bring up the um, sexual assault. So, OK, <laughs> so maybe I should start there. Um, so I, I, I shouldn't be laughing at that part, but it's just. <laughs> no, it's you're laughing at how I how I mentioned it, like after the fact, like it was. Yes. Oh, by the way. Um, yes. No. So, Yeah. Um, this show, it's, it's about a relationship, uh, two main characters are very newly, uh, uh, I don't know how you just call it, but they're, they're stepsisters. stepsisters. Yeah. Um, as a result of, of one, uh, the mother getting married to, uh, the other one's father. 
It's a Brady Bunch situation. It so, happens I mean, all the time. So, so to address the incest first, I mean, that is a very, very loose, as loose of a definition of incest as you can get because they- Okay, we're playing, we're playing porn rules now. This is, no, no, no. Because no. like they, there, there's no relation outside of this marriage and you don't even see the father show up until like halfway through the series. So they might as well so? just be strangers. They're li- they're living together. The mother is calling them sisters. Mm-hmm. They're both. She's calling them both daughter. No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. That's playing by porn rules where they're not blood related. No. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm sorry. But as far as the sexual assault, like that's that's a serious thing. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it is. And the reason I was a little bit hesitant to to really call it like a, a criticism of the show early on is because in the very first episode, one of the main characters is you learn that she is involved with one of her teachers. And uh, there's a scene where the teacher is like they're they're behind the school or whatever, and they're like hidden. And, and the teacher is just like, you know, practically forcing himself on her, like groping mm-hmm. her and stuff. And it's 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 awful. And um, so then this character sort of takes that behavior and applies it to the girl that she's interested in. Right. Like that's how she she basically forces herself upon this girl. And so I'm, th- I'm watching that. And I'm thinking, well, I have to I have to interject who is her stepsister stepsister yeah um yeah but like the day before there was no relation between the two that's what i'm saying like that that thing like it's such a weird like this show could have existed without without that dynamic entirely like i don't even know why they had to really make them stepsisters hey, you know these these marriages they happen fast nowadays you know like Anyway, so I um I was like, okay, so she is fairly repressed uh growing up in this like society and and like this the school that she goes to and it's very strict and, and rigid and there's really no like relationships, no romantic involvement going on. So like her only basis for like sexuality is what she's experienced happen to her, right? So she's taking that and applying it to someone she's interested in and even and like it, it is by definition sexual assault, but maybe she doesn't see it that way. Um, and I'm like, okay, so the show's doing that. I understand that. I see where they're coming from. However, uh-huh. however, as yeah. the series continues on, every character does that to every other character. Yes. So then it's a problem. And it's like, yes. So it's like, it seems to me then that the writers just find this to be like an acceptable way to like make a move on somebody when it's very much not mm-hmm. um, because there really is no like critique of, of, of these advancements, right? Like there's no, like, it's just, it happens a bunch and it's just kind of accepted that that, oh, it's just this person like making a move or it's them, you know acting how they really feel or whatever like they just they they frame it in all these different ways but none of them are like this is bad yeah um so that's a problem uh which i i realize now and and i i, I want to address <laughs> uh-huh the sister thing is like uh, i don't it just it felt so unnecessary so so i mentioned i mentioned that it it is like playing by porn rules uh-huh. and i i felt that that was like as i was watching the show the sense that i got was that this is like basically softcore porn, like an anime form. It's softcore hentai. Where like I I, I went in with the pre- like reading the premise, and I was like, oh, okay. I was like, so who is this show for? Mm-hmm. Right. I was like, 
is this going to actually be a a slice of life that is or, or, or you know a romance that is aimed towards like you know girls right is it is it is it supposed to be something like that where they can sort of like explore their own feelings and situations or whatever or does it devolve into uh no this is going to be fetishizing uh lesbians and and i think that's what it actually devolves into because uh it's the most tongue i've ever seen in an anime mm-hmm. uh by far um and I, I mentioned this to you off air. It's like in anime, like it's v- usually very sterile. Like there's hardly any like kissing. It's 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 a, it's a childlike, usually an understanding of uh, sexuality and relationships, um, where like if 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 a love story culminates in a kiss, that is like like the biggest deal ever. Um, when that is just like such a very basic kind of thing maybe from either a western perspective or just like an adult perspective i don't i don't really know um but this show you just see tongue constantly and like you said so like you just have characters constantly forcing themselves on each other um and you you watch where the the framing of the quote unquote camera like the the the, the literal frame is in this show and it feels very um exploitative of these drawn anime girls right where it's like oh this is not exploring their relationship this is for the benefit of the viewer um more so than any sort of other stated purpose of characterization or story it's like oh no we need the panty shot oh we need to really get in on the tongue action like it's like it felt like porn to me so um, I think I, I wouldn't go that far personally. Mm. Um, yeah, I just wouldn't go that far. I, I feel like there are like, despite the issues we've talked about already, and those are serious problems that the show has. Yeah, I do feel like there are quite a few really great moments and like, like beautiful character moments. Like there's this short arc about, you know, the midway point of the series where the father is introduced. And so there's a a very strained relationship between the father and daughter and that is explored. And then the other character is like trying to resolve it and like trying to figure out why it's like this and, and, and sort of like have the two like, you know, reconcile with each other. Yeah. And I thought that was great. Like that was some really great um, characterization and just like really um, well written stuff. And, And like the show has that. And, and I also, and, and like, it, it's, it's just brought down by some of the exploitation that you talked about, um, and like the framing and whatnot. So it's like, it, it has like these two sides to it. And I struggled with that throughout the whole thing. Cause like, there are things I really enjoyed. And then there was the stuff that I was really uh, put off by. I remember thinking constantly throughout the show. And I probably like just even said this out loud, like a ton while I was watching it. I was like. Why can't they just be sisters? Like, why are they seeking something else in the relationship? Or why can't they, like, recognize, not even the characters themselves, or why can't the show just recognize that uh, that this works so much better with them trying to be better sisters for each other, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of making it this bizarro dynamic um, of uh, trading sexual assaults basically is what it devolves into at a certain point mm-hmm. um and it's like yeah it's like because th- there is that moment where she's like it's like oh you're acting like a sister now and then, like i think she even says she, like oh i, I want to be the best sister i can be 
uh, like she like like something like she uh, she doesn't need a girlfriend right now. She needs a sister. Yes. Or something 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 completely bizarre. Like the strangest sentence in the world. No, but it makes um, sense in that moment. It does, but it, like if you say it, it's like that's insane. That's an insane thing to say. Um, it's like yeah. So just be her sister. Mm-hmm. Just just do that. Just do that. Drop the whole. Yeah, I think that that applies to um, the last three episodes of the series are were very jarring to me because um, it basically establishes these two new characters while while they're on a, a school field trip. And it just so rapidly gets these characters uh, like intertwined in the whole like romance dynamic. Oh, right. And it just happens so quickly to the point where, like, one character is confessing her love, you know, maybe 15 minutes after she's been introduced on the show. Yeah. Um, And it's like, did we need any of this? Like, it it really – it does does feel like a lot of the romance is – forced and really sort of takes away from what they could in more ways than one in more ways than one yeah as as i realized that as soon as i said it um and yeah it does just detract from the actual character stuff that's happening that can be quite uh quite profound so yeah so so there's a there's a thing in a lot of the romance anime where uh towards i don't know if this is an issue with pacing like in comparison to source material like with light novels and manga adaptations or whatever but they will introduce uh, additional love interests very late in the runtime, and it's it it becomes like really obvious that they're just there as distractions or whatever, or as a way to force the like uh like like true couple or whatever to get together. Um, and and so that's whatever. It's like a weird trope, you know. But in a show like this where <laughs> the romance is so strange and you know like off kilter and shouldn't be right it just it just feels even more uh forced and out of left field um and like just out of place right mm-hmm. uh so to pull that trope in like in the last couple episodes and introduce these characters that are like really have no importance other than to um, you know, like force along a, a specific plot that really didn't really need any more help than, you know, like it's 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 just a, such a strange dynamic. Um, so yeah, that's what they were doing there. Yeah, I'm thinking like they could have just gone two different ways. They could have either cut out the sister aspect and had this romance as as two school friends, right? Mm-hmm. Or they could have cut out the romance and had them as the sister dynamic and just like you know, the coming of age part of it. And so yeah. like, it was just one or the other, but just mixing them both together mm-hmm. was a bit, they just didn't handle it well. Um, right. So I think that's, that's really the downfall here, but uh, I, I just don't want to write it off entirely because there were episodes and parts of the series that I did enjoy quite a bit. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a strange one. It's just like, yeah, like why, why can't they just be sisters? Mm-hmm. Because those were the, those were the best parts of the show is whenever they are working towards uh getting to actually know each other better better as sisters and working towards working on that relationship right mm-hmm. like that's when it made the most sense for everything involved you know whatever taboo aside strange like like that's whenever it made the most sense for the characters as well like yeah and also, as an aside, um, student council presidents are the most overworked people. Oh, yeah. Just, it's unbelievable. Like, they. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
No, I mean, that was part of uh, May, May's character. That's like her, her um, personality is so um, wrapped up in like commitment to work, right? And just like mm-hmm. trying to live up to like how her father was and, and just like the expectations placed upon her. But uh, yeah, I didn't realize that student council presidents had so much on their shoulders. Yeah, they put them to work over there. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But uh, I mean, here in America, it's basically just a title, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, you don't do anything. Yeah. So but uh, I was going to ask you before we move on. So I finished this Mm -hmm. series. Right. And and you're the the resident uh, anime expert on on the podcast here. I was going to ask if you have any slice of life style anime recommendations for me, something I can I can shift uh, over to after after watching this one. Uh, yeah. Um, um, I kind of gave this some thought. You didn't, you didn't really like prompt this beforehand, but I did give this some thought. Oh yeah, I'm putting you on the spot. (laughs) Sorry. Um, I think I've mentioned this one to you before, but, uh, you should watch March Comes In Like a Lion. Oh, I've heard of that. Um, Okay. Yeah. So that is about, um, a kid that is like this, uh, a shogi, um, professional, and he's sort of living on his own, sort of uh, estranged from his uh, family um, and living as a shogi pro while still, you know, going to school. Oh, is this um, uh, shogi is sort of like similar to chess, right? Is that that the one? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and uh, he he um, is sort of a loner and but not in the, you know, like stereotypical sense. He just kind of keeps to himself. Um, and it's really, it's really a, a story about, um, like found family and, um, like putting pressure on yourself and, um, just kind of finding, you know, like where you belong and like what's important to you and that kind of thing. So I think you'd be really into that one. Um, also the art's gorgeous, uh, cause it's a shaft show, but it, it's drastically different from their other shows. Um, it's got this very, uh, watercolor aesthetic Ooh. to it, um, so yeah, v- gorgeous art, um, really well done. I think it's got two seasons, it's either two or three. I think it has two seasons. Um, so I think you'd be into that one a whole lot. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll I'll give that a shot next. Um, and speaking of found family, that reminds me, I need to get back into Fruits Basket because I, I really enjoyed that from what I've seen of it. Yeah, I f- I finished uh like the, the final season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I honestly can't remember what happens. Oh. <laughs> Okay. And I don't know if that says more about me or the show. Well, you do watch a lot of anime, right? Yeah, yeah. But it was not that... <laughs> wasn't that long ago. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. Um, now, did so you yeah, watch but- the um, the sub or the dub on that one? I watched the sub. Okay. Because I, I was watching... I watched like most of the first season and I really enjoyed the dub with uh, Laura Bailey as the... Um, mm, okay. The main character. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Um, but then you also watched a bad dub yes so i i spent so much time finishing up citrus this week that i sort of neglected this other series i had started uh noragami um Mm -hmm. i've seen a few episodes of it uh the only option on crunchyroll is the dub otherwise i definitely would have gone with the subtitles that is weird yeah i have a feeling this was moved over from funimation because it was under the recently added shows and this was around the time that the uh the announcement came last week so i feel like that's probably why yeah but so far it's it's pretty cool um i think it's very funny how so so it's it's about this uh 
very um, low, like he's a god, but he's he's his low status, right? Like very yeah under underground, very under the radar god who's just like kind of getting by, doing like odd jobs for people. Um, and then the other character is like this girl that he meets, and she is like afflicted with this. Uh, she's like has like this accident, and she's now in like limbo. Basically, she's not alive, but she's also not dead, and so she keeps separating from her <laughs> from her human body, which just collapses mm-hmm. like randomly. Which I think is is a very funny bit. But I haven't gotten too far into it, so I can't say much about it. Um, but I am enjoying it so far. You've seen it, right? Yeah, I saw a long time ago. Long time like ago, maybe like 2015. But um, yeah, the the dub is a little bit rough. I've gotten more used to it. Uh, the the first episode was because like I don't know something about the high pitch voices in English mm. just like irritates me. I don't know why, but mm-hmm. um, like when it's in the original like Japanese, the voice actors, even though a lot of the characters can be like over the top, it doesn't bother me. But when sometimes with these dubs, uh, hearing it in English. Maybe it depends on the voice actor. I don't really know. Right. But I, I have found that as I've watched a few episodes, I've gotten used to it. And it's it's okay. Like, it's not bad. Like, it's tolerable. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the show is good enough that I'm going to continue watching it. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, you had some some other stuff uh, to talk about in the anime realm, right? Yeah, yeah. There must have been something. Maybe because it's springtime. I don't know what it is. But I think it's, like, uh, Lesbian Anime Month. Oh. Um. Yeah, because I started watching uh, Revolutionary Girl or Utena. Um, and Crunchyroll got this a while back because it hadn't really been available online. Um, so this is a, a 90s anime. It's from like 96 or 97, I think. Um, and it's... I'm only a few episodes in. It, it's sort of a magical girl anime, mm-hmm. but not not really, I guess. I don't know. Maybe it is. Um, I guess I guess it is. They kind of transform. Um <laughs> uh it's about a girl uh named utena and um she's like the most popular girl at this school uh this very strange school that's like basically a castle and then nobody really talks about why it's a castle um (laughs) but she's very popular or whatever um but whenever she was a kid uh she, she was like saved by a prince um and the prince gives her a ring and uh the prince said that they'll like meet again or whatever and so Utena s- decided that she didn't want to meet the prince again. She wanted to be the prince. Oh. Um, and so she wears a boy's uniform to school and uh, plays basketball against the boys and kicks their ass. Um, and, you know, she's she's a, she's a tomboy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she's the most popular girl at school. Everybody loves her. Um, and But then she sort of stumbles into... Uh, this weird group at school that also has the same ring as she does. It's like the rose ring or whatever. Um, And they're all conducting a series of duels to see who will um, basically own this other girl at school called the Rose Bride. And so whoever wins the duel owns the Rose Bride and is like betrothed to the Rose Bride. Um, And so so she accidentally wins this duel, basically. Uh, And so now she's betrothed to the Rose Bride, who's like the other main character. I forget her name. Um, and so then now they're like living together and, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's quite interesting, um, because it's, it is quite gay. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask, like, is just that, the way that it's, is that common for in the nineties for anime? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, <laughs> no. 
uh, it's not even really common for uh, anime now, uh, you know, to be that uh, forward. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's pretty interesting. Uh, the um, the aesthetics of it are pretty cool because like this group, like whenever they're having like scenes where they're talking, they're just like talking about how that they're going to bring about the world's end to give it a revolution or something. Um, and they're just very flamboyant and dramatic about how they're going to destroy the world. <laughs> um, and then they just are talking about like these fanciful duels or whatever. And then you just have the other side where they're like, it is just a regular school that just happens to be a castle. Um, but then like you have Utena and she's walking to these duels and it plays this uh, like sort of like 80s, like hard rock song as she's marching up that it's like like with this high pitched Japanese vocal about uh apocalypse and darkness and shit it's like it's so strange but like really cool yeah <laughs> um but yeah it's it's like it, it it's using all these very bright colors like um and like very simple colors too it's like reds and blues and like oranges um for different things and like you can kind of key in on um what the specific colors are like supposed to symbolize for different things because it'll it'll basically coat the um, either a person or a, a scene like like wash it in a certain color. Um, oh, it's wow. like it's like very simple that way. I actually thought the show might have been older than it was. I had to check because I was like, oh, this seems pretty eighties. But I was like, oh no, this is like ninety seven. Um, but it's got like that kind of simple um, sort of color like grading to it, um, or you know, like I guess just like coloring to it. Uh, is it also in like four by three or has it been updated? Like, oh yeah, no, 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 it's four, three. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. I'm, I'm going to finish it. Um, it's like 20, 20 or so episodes. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely an interesting one. Cool. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's anime for this week. Yeah. I'll, I'll start March comes in like a lion. Is that what that's, that's what it's called? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll, I'll start that. Um, I'll watch a bunch of that and then, uh, um, let you know next week how it's going. Nice. Um, all right. So now we do have another, uh, oh fuck. Where's my buttons? Okay. We got okay, mountains of madness coming up. I need like a shortcut for that. Oh, fuck. <laughs> okay. Am I back to normal? No, no I'm, I'm fucked up. Okay. Uh, I need a shortcut for that. That is, <laughs> I have to turn like three knobs to get that to work. All right. Um, I think I had this in a different segment before, but uh, who gives a shit? The segments are just really to break up <laughs> the other stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I want to say I'm concerned right off the bat here because uh, there are a lot of Reddit links in front of me. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's the problem. Uh, yeah. So I went back into the Conspiracy Two subreddit to see what's going on because um, it had been a few months. Um, so I found some stuff. I don't. I don't really know what to do with a lot of these. So maybe we could sort of figure out what's going on. Um, I doubt it, but we'll try. This first one. Yeah, this first one. 99.9% uh, .9 of men and large portion of women are servants. And then in parentheses, why won't other conspiracy reddits let me post this? <laughs> okay. And then the, the, the post. Uh, the conspiracy starts with the diet. Humans eating mostly plants is simply not what we evolved into. Basically, we already live in a socialist society where people with good genes are selected at birth to become quote-unquote God or creators of other people and are fed mostly meat, organs, and even other humans' flesh. The quote-unquote men, including women, 
are vaccinated, which stops the body's immune response to eating non-food items such as bread, grass, etc. The reason the title says 99.9% of men isn't sexists. It's simply biology that one man is needed to reproduce with hundreds of females, but not vice versa. But why do we need so many people that we will torture half the population? Oil creating more biomass for mass burial sites for future, future oil reserves. To offset carbon emissions, to feed wildlife so that the quote-unquote gods have more to eat. And of course, people who are desperate and disposable willing to work in jobs that knowingly will harm them. Edit. Okay, so five people just calling me delusional. <laughs> In a conspiracy <laughs> forum discussing conspiracies, uh, did I say something wrong here? If you're confused, I am just implying that modern slavery exists, but is normalized to such an extent that the majority of the population are slaves and don't realize it because of modern medicine. If I did say something wrong, I'd love to hear any fallacies in my conspiracy on a conspiracy subreddit. Oof, okay. Um, <laughs> so, so first of all, I just want to say like, for people like this the term is socialism just like a catch-all for things that they hate like because because like i i've seen i've seen so many things described as socialism that don't even come close to what it actually means <laughs> well socialism is whatever there's one dude that's called a god and gets to eat all of the other meat well that's organs. a new one i haven't heard it yeah i haven't duh. heard that one um duh but yeah, so we're we're so we're enslaved because we eat plants, is what I'm getting here. Yeah, we eat non-food items such as bread and grass. Okay, one of those is a non-food item. <laughs> I'll give him that. Did I say something wrong here? <laughs> what, what, what's the I thought problem? I thought what's this was problem? a safe space. <laughs> I thought this was a conspiracy, right? Come on. Imagine being rejected yeah. by the conspiracy theory Reddit. You're just too you're too out there. We we can't uh we can't accept this uh type of uh absurdity on here. The top comment is bro, please get some help. Oh wow. <laughs> and then they replied, What did I say that is so alarming or controversial? So does this guy see himself as in the like zero point zero one percent of men? Um Hmm. I don't know because I guess it depends on his vaccination status because he says the men, quote unquote, including women, which I, okay, are vaccinated. <laughs> well, gender's a construct. So. I'm with sure, him on that. Sure. Yeah. He's actually being. He's actually being very. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, are are vaccinated, which stops the body's immune response to eating non-food items such as bread grass. Uh, the reason the title says 99% men isn't sexists. It's simply biology that one man is needed. Um. Hmm. Yeah, what's the bit about having one one man uh, for every one hundred women? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you only need one man, you see, because because the, the women like they gotta carry the baby to term, mm -hmm. right? So you could have one dude just kind of doing the whole thing. You don't need the rest of them. Like logically, that does make sense. That's the only part that makes sense. Does it? It's strange as fuck. Uh, but I'm not so sure it does. No, because like okay, all right. So you know, do you know the thing about Epstein where he um was like saving all of his uh, sperm in order to like have a bunch of super soldiers. Um, I mean, I believe it. I, I wasn't aware of that, but I Okay, I well, it. all right, well, he did that. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of weirdos that believe that they're going to be like, if, if something were to happen, like they'd be the dude that would uh, carry on the human race. 
but what makes them think so yeah. that they're the suddenly the only person that has the capability to do that? Like, what is happening here? Is it because they're not eating plants? I guess Dude, dudes get into their heads that they have like the good genes or whatever. It's 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 weird. It's weird. You know, this is like a like Messiah fucking... complex or something. Oh yeah. Oh completely. Yeah, they're gonna be the next Adam. It's it's the whole wow. yeah. And and of course in in their. They're like, why the last man or whatever the fuck, you know? It's like all these women survive, but they're the one dude. It's just a weird, twisted man, fantasy. I'm just over here trying to find a job. Like, what? yeah, <laughs> like what is going on with these people? <laughs> oh yeah, they're 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 a hundred years ahead. God. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, maybe yeah. they are God. I, don't I just know. love it. I just, I just love it. It's like, oh, I thought this was a conspiracy. Right? Now. Come on, <laughs> hey, come on. We are the ninety-nine point nine percent. <laughs> okay uh this one all right how the flat earth psyop destroyed the truth movement and then oh, what's with all the parentheses uh, and then in parentheses with moderate success uh quote there is an insidious conspiracy at work throughout the entire internet which seeks to destroy truth movements everywhere one of its organs of mischief is known as the flat earth society fes okay no don't do that fes is the expansion of Persona Three, so you can't you can't do that. Um, yes, that's how everybody ex- knows expl- that acronym. <laughs> what? What did I say? <laughs> <laughs> and its explicit purpose is to take down every single truth-oriented website, blog, and/or organization which permits an open comment section at the bottom of their posts and articles. Agents of the FES often begin by posting rather benign yet factual comments about NASA, which everyone know, now knows is a rogue agency, which can re- ra- rarely be trusted to tell the truth about particular scientific endeavors and galactic missions. That's a no-brainer and everyone agrees with. Okay. <laughs> NASA holds onto most of the truth and parcels out only the absolute minimum to the taxpayers who fund their space missions and other assorted projects. The flat earthers then take advantage of this universal hatred of NASA. <laughs> I mean, speak for yourself, man. <laughs> for their spewing so much deception over so many no, years. No, see, see, it's not universal it the... because ninety nine point nine percent of people hate NASA. That's true. That's true. Uh, and they use it to subtly garner support for their nonsensical flat Earth theory (FET). When the time is right, the flat earthers will then start introducing utterly absurd notions about the solar system and patently false concepts about the Earth's relationship to the sun. There is no astronomical scientific truth that the flat earthers have left unassailed. You name it. Gravity, a spherical Earth, and other planetary orbs, rotational movement of the planets, planetary revolutions around the sun, they throw it all out and label it as NASA lies. Once they do that, in a very public internet forum or chat room, website, or blog comment section, they begin to stir up a lot of trouble. They preposition sock puppets in the same forums, blogs, etc., who will, with apparent spontaneity, support their silly and stupid comments about the flat earth theory, FET. The longer the comment thread, the more opportunity to try in the unsuspecting into their outlandish web of deceit and deception. All right, this is a little um, redundant. Uh, by so aggressively assaulting the conventional wisdom, which is accepted by the vast majority of people on the planet, they then tar the t- reputation of the truth movement groups whose websites they have deliberately polluted with their obvious foolishness concerning their flat earth fantasies. Personal comment. Oh, the rest of this wasn't a personal. Okay. It is, <laughs> it is incredible how a single completely false idea, flat earth, has been used to discredit the entire truth movement. I think you can search for flat earth conspiracy on DuckDuckGo for original article. Oh, you just copy and pasted something. 
You okay. know, what huh? is it with these conspiracy theorists? They just overload their writing with so many adjectives to make what they're writing sound more, I don't know, complex or intelligent, but it's just... Trivial? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it really mm-hmm. is. Um, I do like whenever they're like uh, uh, saying that the flat earth has ruined uh, scientific truth, and they say, you name it, gravity, a spherical earth. They don't start with spherical earth. Which would be the thing that the flat earthers are main concern is. And also they were talking about the um, the film Gravity. Uh, oh, right, Because right, they right, felt right, that right. it should not have won the Oscar that year. So yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. really don't like Yeah, that. because what's his, he was barely in it, you know? Yeah, uh, he was barely in it. It, it had a really yeah, stupid yeah. ending. He just kind of fucked off and uh, yeah. Like um, how do you just like drift back into the Earth's atmosphere without <laughs> burning alive? Well, like, I mean, give me a break. <laughs> gravity. <laughs> so yeah. Um, and so then, uh, I thought, you know, that's, that's, that's one opinion, right. On flat earth, maybe, you know, getting into, we talked about the other guy was talking about these safe spaces, right. Right. Mm -hmm. So this dude is like, okay, well the flat earthers are are ruining these safe spaces. Well, you know, I thought maybe we should get, um, another perspective. Uh, so here is multidimensional flat earth. Uh, I've had this theory for a while. If there were ancient maps written by a group of beings that existed on a different dimensional plane than us, might they perceive a globular Earth as flat? Could what they were depicting beyond the ice wall be either inside Earth or on another plane of reality altogether? I don't have much evidence to support this claim, but it's an interesting thought experiment. What would the globe look like to a higher being that is able to move not only three dimensions in space, but three dimensions in time as well? Alternatively, I guess the opposite could be possible as well. They were created at a lower dimensional level. Uh, you know when you're in um, <laughs> grade school and the teachers, you say something and the teachers like keep your thoughts to yourselves, uh-huh. right? If you say something like mean or, or just like out of line, I uh-huh. feel like the people on the subreddit should keep their thoughts. I think people on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and and then they post the uh, one of the um, one of the stupid maps for flat Earth. Uh, this one's got angels for some reason. Oh no! This is a square Earth. Okay, I don't it's know. It's a Sicilian. I, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a deep dish. Um, yeah. So I don't know why this has angels, though. I don't know what that's supposed to. Um, but I like that he's just like, eh, I'm just kind of throwing out ideas. Uh, has anybody got anything? <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just a thought I had. Yeah, it's just like. <laughs> uh, he's, so he's like, I got another question. How the fuck are you so gullible? <laughs> uh, I just, so it's like, what would a globe look like to a higher being that is able to move not only three dimensions in space, but three dimensions in time? Um, what does three dimensions in time look like exactly? So what, so you got um, forward and backward. What's the third one? Just kind of, hmm, good yeah. question. Can you move um, sideways in time? Hmm, I don't know. Is that, is that hopping between different timelines? Is that what that one is? Oh, like, yeah, maybe, maybe. It's sort of like looking at it, you know, in a non-linear way, right? Or it's not like up and down. You're just like all time is happening. Right, right, right. Uh, wouldn't wouldn't the Earth just look the same? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would, right? You would be able to still view the Earth as it is. You would just have there. There would be more. Like you'd be able to see more than what we could see because you're on like a higher like yeah. level of. I don't know. Why are you asking me? <laughs> It's a thought experiment. Come on. Hey. <laughs> All right. I got one more. Um, now, this one, this one's very interesting to me. 
Um, this is uh, this is uh, somebody posted their blog, and I I love when they post the blogs. You know, I do. Uh, this is called Yahweh, Son of Chaos, God of War. And Isn't that the, like a uh, like a Chinese um, phone uh, manufacturer? No, like that's, that's Huawei. That, that's Huawei. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, so this website is called thegnosticdread.com, uh, <laughs> and I'm very, I'm very much into this shit. Okay, I got to zoom in because the font is way too small for some reason. <laughs> of uh, it is. In my previous post, I demonstrated how Yahweh, known to the Gnostics as Yaldabaoth, son of chaos, could in fact be the devil, and I showed how the state developed organized religion for control. In this post, I'll present my theory on the origins of the concept of Yahweh and how this concept of God made its way into organized religion. During the 14th century, ancient Kimpt, uh, Egypt, a Semitic people known as the Hyksos, came into the land and rose to power, establishing their own dynasty, the 15th dynasty of ancient Kimpt. The Hyksos brought with them their customs and traditions, along with the, their cosmology and concept of God. When they came across the Egyptian pantheon of deities, they identified their god with being one and the same as Set, the god of opposition. As I've mentioned in previous posts, Set is where the concept of Satan comes from. Where previously Set was understood to be a god of opposition, the natives now viewed Set as an evil deity, since the foreign ruling Hyksos identified Set as their supreme deity. The Hyksos would go on to rule for a few dynasties until they were finally expelled at the end of the 17th dynasty, starting the new kingdom of Egypt. Who exactly the Hyksos were is unclear in history, but there are quite a few researchers who identify the Hyksos with the ancient Hebrews, who would later become Israel. This is based on the Hyksos being Semitic like the Hebrews. Also, the biblical account speaks about Jacob, Israel, and his descendants coming into Egypt during a time when his son Joseph was vizier for Pharaoh, and is seen as a parallel with the Hyksos coming into Egypt, settling and obtaining power. If we entertain the idea of the Hebrews and the Hyksos being one and the same, connections between the biblical myth and history are made. The first connection is the identity of Joseph. Journalist Ahmad Osman identifies the historical Yuya with being one and the same as the biblical Joseph. Yuya was an Egyptian official who is thought to be of Semitic origin due to his Semitic features. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Shit. <laughs> Including his beard style, which was identical with that of the ancient Hebrews. Note that native Egyptian officials were known to shave their facial hair. Another connection is that in Genesis 45.8, Joseph is called a father of Pharaoh, while historically, Yuya is the only Egyptian official to have such a title. Yuya was also the father of Queen Tai, wife of Amenhotep III, and mother of Akhenaten. Okay, I'm not going to say that right. Therefore, if Yuya was truly a Semitic foreigner, possibly being a descendant of the Hyksos, that would mean Akhenaten was not an Egyptian native, not a full, not fully at least, and that may explain his change in policies in view of God. Okay, okay. Uh, where does it, where does it get to, where does it get to the? By the way, next time you start up on this bullshit, I'm gonna uh -huh. take the, use this time to take a break and just like step uh -huh. away without you even knowing <laughs> it, and then by the time I come back, you'll hopefully okay, be done. Okay, okay, hold on. All right, I'll, I'll get, I'll go go to the end here. Hold on. So no, don't let me rush you. I'm don't trying to get to the. You. It seems like he doesn't get to the point of the title of this. Yeah, that's what a common fuck? theme. That's that's what definitely uh, <laughs> a problem that He's a lot of these. He's going about Egypt, and he doesn't talk have. about. I wanted to hear about the fucking son of chaos, god of war, and he doesn't even get there. He's talking about the Jews, which is some rough stuff. Okay, hold on. Okay, you will find in Catholic churches across the world the Atonist symbolism with either the Tetragrammaton Yahweh encased in the sun. Like the picture above, the name Jehovah, Jehovah, I'm sorry, Jehovah, Jesus, I'm getting my Final Fantasy in here. Another name for Yahweh, encased in the sun, 
like the first picture in the post, or the all-too-familiar symbol of the all-seeing eye encased in a triangle with sun rays coming off the sides. So what significance does this all have? My answer is this majority of the world today adheres to one of the three Abrahamic faiths, Juda uh, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Despite the difference in these three faiths, the mainstream interpretations of all three agree in one thing, that God is this being that exists separately and remotely from man, and therefore man is in need of a messiah or mediator in order to reach God. This teaching that they all have in common has its roots in atonism. This teaching, the ones in power, have been successful at controlling the masses for generations. But you didn't explain any of that. You're just saying that. All right, this fucking sucks. So what's uh, what happened to Huawei? Are they still making like Android tablets? Uh, I, I, they were banned from doing business in the U.S. Oh, was that a Trump thing? Yeah, and so then they were um pushed into like selling all their shit in Canada. Oh, okay. But that didn't like end after he left office. No. Nah. Does Biden just like not give a shit? <laughs> nah. Well, I mean, obviously he doesn't give yeah. a shit in a lot of ways, but like they just never decided to like lift that ban. Of course not. Christ. He continued all of Trump's yeah. shit, like yeah. all of it. Just packaged packaged it up in a nicer way. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, that last one was disappointing for me, but um, yeah, that was the conspiracy Reddit. Uh, it seems like they really want some safe spaces in order to uh talk about their ideals without um <laughs> any kind of pushback whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is very funny. I mean, if you already view yourself as a messiah, what do you really care about? A few negative comments. You yeah, know? that's true. You know. Is there yeah. such thing as an insecure uh, savior of the world? Um, okay, well, uh, you see, uh, Yaldabaoth, the sort of uh, builder trickster god, is actually very, um, he's very jealous, which is why he gave the uh, thou shalt not have no other gods before me. I should have known um, you'd have an answer for this. Because he was, <laughs> because he was this very controlling, petty, vindictive uh, deity. So, yeah. Okay, I guess you do have to have a little bit of that to sort of motivate you, right? Whatever helps you get yeah, up in the morning, you yeah. know? <laughs> um, yeah, so we so we got we got some more TikToks, is that what I'm seeing here? I'm going to hit you with a, a scenario here. I feel like this is pretty relatable for, for anybody listening. Mm. Um, so you go to the grocery store, okay? And you end up in the water aisle, okay? And you're just like, you, you freeze mm -hmm. up. You just don't know what to do because you're just like overwhelmed by the amount of choices there are, the different types of water. You just can't make a decision of what kind of water you want to buy, right? Does this happen to anybody? Anybody else? Um, who are you talking to? <laughs> just everybody. I feel like it's a common problem. Everybody. No? So like Jay Leno, it's like, you guys hear about this? Hear about this? <laughs> this is my attempt at like that sort of thing. <laughs> and it's not going well. Um, well, anyway, anyway, if that sounds like a problem uh -huh. that you have, um, we have uh, Martin Reese official on TikTok with a solution. He is a uh, self-proclaimed water sommelier. And uh, I feel like this is going to annoy me. I, I, like I, I think you're right. Uh, like here we go. I feel like this is going to annoy the shit out of me. Okay. Hello everybody, here's Martin, your personal water sommelier. I'm in front of a CVS pharmacy, so let's check out the water aisle at CVS. Okay, we have three different refrigerators, so let's check it out. Let's open this. So we started with Ice Cantian Natural Spring Water. Good water. Then. Sartre Hill, I did the review already in Florida. A little problematic because there are like so many different uh, ones out there. They're coming from five different sources, so you really don't know which one you're getting. 
but it's at least a spring sauce. Aquafina uh, from Pepsi, ah, processed tap. Dasani is here from Cola, processed tap. Don't buy that. Okay. Ice candy again, what I consider a good water. Here we go. Evio, great water. Then we have pure water. Already the name says it, pure. Huh? So it's highly processed tap water. Don't buy that. Just water is a great water, great packaging, sustainable sourced water. I like that water. Then we have, again, purified water from Big Chill. Forget it, it's tap. Essentia, I talk so many times about Essentia. It's highly processed tap water. Don't buy that stuff. Fiji, great water from the Fiji Islands. That's a very good water. We talked about Just, we talked about Evian. Great water from the French Alps. Dazani and Aquafina, forget about it. And in the next one, Voss. Please be careful with Voss. They have the regular water, that's an artesian water from Norway, versus their flavored water. This is purified oh water, God, guys. This going. has nothing to do with the Voss water from Norway. It's the same label, it's the same company, but it's a totally different source. That's tap, that is real. Don't buy the processed stuff. Core, live water, forget it. Highly processed tap water. Smart water, I talked so many times about smart water. I hate smart water, it's disgusting. I would never touch that smart water stuff. And again, the smart water, alkaline water, completely BS and bullshit because the pH doesn't matter what you're gonna drink. So don't believe in this, please. And then again, purified water, Poland Springs, real water. This is okay. pH water is completely nonsense. Then the eternal water, great water. This is actually good. <laughs> still going. And Aquatrana makes sense as well. But the rest, forget, it's nothing else than highly processed tap water. Cheers, my hey, friend. Hey, you should be, you should be grateful uh. because TikTok just implemented 10-minute uh, videos. Oh, so uh, so this was made before that, fortunately. Oh, my God. He says process, but the, does he know what that means? I mean, he's a water sommelier. I assume he does. I assume he's an expert on the subject. Didn't you hear him? It's like, okay, like, I, I can't drink our tap mm -hmm. water. Like, we need to filter the shit out okay. of it. That's what processing is. But, like, Well, he's saying that certain types here are, <laughs> are just processed tap water, while other ones are, like, from, directly from, like, the springs and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fiji. Which, I mean, you could totally just, like, Google this. Of course you could. And so what? So he goes. He goes to every fucking shop and does the same bit. Um, I think he has like every, every time he with has more brands. lengthy uh, reviews of specific. Oh, of oh, I bet they're lengthy. I bet they're, I bet they're fucking lengthy. <laughs> I was happy to hear that Poland Spring got the okay because that that's one I I drink quite a bit. Uh huh. Uh huh. I, <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yeah, you can just look on the bottle. It'll tell you where it's from. You don't need to watch some dipshit on TikTok. Oh, let's not be mean now. I mean, I, I felt like this was pretty informational. I, <laughs> okay, uh, so switching gears uh, heavily here, just a, a complete... Okay. <laughs> going to sure. a completely different realm. Um, Time to talk about toxic waste. <laughs> <laughs> don't drink that. Um, yeah, so I... TikTok, there's a lot of Karens, quote unquote Karens, which also, by the way, I I, I just use the term, but I kind of hate that term because I feel bad for any like decent okay. people that are named Karen, you know, um, like uh like Karen O. Who's that? She was was it the um yeah yeah yes right? Uh oh really? Yeah. Good band. So there we go. Yeah. Decent Karen, unlike this one that we're gonna see here. 
Uh, so let me set the scene here. We're at a Walmart. And we're checking out the water. <laughs> no, but um, this woman uh, does come across a uh, shelf of candles. And these candles are, um, they have like uh, like writing on them. And, and these are BLM, Black Lives Matter candles. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. This woman doesn't like that because she's, you know, racist, obviously. And uh, the, the mm-hmm. thing that I thought was notable here is that she has a bit of a different take on <laughs> the usual, like, tirade that these racist pieces of shit will go on when they see something that they don't like, like BLM stuff. A uh, bit of a different take here. Uh, I should just for the visual, uh, what she's doing in this video is she's taking these candles and chucking them across <laughs> across oh. the store. She's doing like the softball underhands uh, and sending sending them a, a pretty pretty good distance. Um, but uh-huh. uh, yeah, so you'll you'll hear what she what she has to say here. Karen loses it, throws the hashtag BLM candles. Okay. wasn't clear enough she says uh black lives matter uh my pussy matters and she keeps yelling that over and over again um which huh. i love the audio there because you can hear the candles crashing in yeah. the background uh, so yeah just trying to like unpack this here um i'm not quite sure the angle she's going for here i think it's more of a 45 okay degree. yeah <laughs> the directory on the, on the candles is quite <laughs> is quite uh steep Really good follow through, I will say. Uh, definitely a former athlete um, in her in her heyday. But um, so the only thing I just gave myself a headache. <laughs> so the only takeaway I have here is I'm assuming that this person is both a an advocate for Black Lives Matter and women's health care. That's what I'm going to take uh, away from this. I think. I think it's like it's perhaps, like Black Lives Black perhaps, Lives Matter. And then so does my reproductive rights. No, and and she doesn't want the proceeds of the candles to go to Walmart. She wants you to donate directly to Black. Absolutely. Causes. So she's got. So she is anti-capitalist. She uh-huh. is pro Black Lives Matter, and she's uh-huh. pro women's rights. So yeah, that's like yeah, a really yeah, nice that's def- trifecta. That's definitely what's happening. <laughs> So yeah, that's impressive. Um, I'm, I'm I'm really happy with this uh, with the with her messaging yeah. here. I think <laughs> I, I misinterpret between between my segment and your segment. I think what we're showcasing is that the state of uh, American mental health is that an all time low. Is, oh, it couldn't be lower. <laughs> So I'm hoping at the very least she has to pay out of pocket for the candles, which would be funny. Oh, oh, she's out of pocket. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) I'm also hoping she got arrested because like, Jesus Christ. Holy God. See, the thing is like those two things are not mutually exclusive. Like, (laughs) yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't. don't. 
I don't think she. I don't think she's actually talking about like. Oh no. Oh women, no! Absolutely not. Issues absolutely are. not. <laughs> I think she's just saying like. It's like just your way of saying, yeah, my fat ass matters, you know, like my only. Yeah, exactly. My only way of coping when, when I see somebody like this is I try and reinterpret their message into something that's good. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yes, that's what yeah. they're actually talking about. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah. Uh, Holy God. <laughs> that's the problem. You end up liking one of these videos on TikTok and then you just get them forever on your page. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's a a, a quick uh, quick uh, mad watch for you this week. Okay, um, man, how do I how do I segue out of that? You know what else matters? Um, <laughs> you know what else matters? Uh, Smash Mouth. Um, so we skipped over this last week. <laughs> well, I would argue, I would argue that Smash Mouth no longer matters. Um, they have, in my eyes done something unforgivable mm-hmm. yeah so so they got a new singer exactly after how could they after they <laughs> after they basically committed smash mouth steve <laughs> they, 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 like they kicked him out basically and uh without much fanfare we're like yeah he's fucked up uh see ya yeah he's getting some uh, help which is great like you love to see that. Um, definitely yeah. not the only person <laughs> that needs professional help. Um, um, but like, how do you continue on? I feel like the band ends with, right. with Steve. Yeah. So so they got a. I I can't even understand this. A mock senior citizen Weezer slash Beastie Boys performance art band. Yeah, that's what um, one of his past projects was described as. They're called Geezer. Uh-huh. Now, what makes me think this whole thing is just a troll is that um, the way they brought the singer out was with a cover of um, that Rick Astley song, oh, Never Gonna Never Gonna Give You yeah, Up. Yeah, 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 the Rick Roll. Yeah, um, the Rick Roll. So they literally did a Rick Roll as like the first track uh, recorded okay, with this new singer. But you have to understand that that's something that Weezer would do in current year. Oh, okay. So are they pivoting to just be another Weezer? Well, I mean, they got somebody with a pretty good resume for it, so yeah, that would make sense. But, but like, the problem is, is that Weezer doesn't need a cover band because Weezer is already a Weezer cover oh, totally. band, and they're also a cover band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just trying to. What is so so? Okay, so it was mm-hmm. Geezer. So they would pretend to be senior citizens and also Weezer. Yeah, like senior citizens covering Weezer songs. But Weezer is already old as fuck. Mm-hmm. So well, like, to be fair, we it. don't know how long ago don't we don't know how it. long ago this this project happened, right? Like this could have been in in Weezer, <laughs> yeah. Weezer's heyday. Like we don't know. So did they dress up like uh uh fucking Limp Bizkit 2.0 with the with the with the with the beard and the and the wig, I don't like, know how else you do it. Yeah, like this is this is all very this is all very confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, huh. Yeah, I don't have much to say about it other okay. than I'm outraged that this is happening. I feel like Smash Mouth should be either done completely or put on hiatus until Steve uh, is is in the right uh, you know good health to continue on. Yeah. So it says he's a voice actor. So is he pretending to be Steve? Like, is that the? Oh, this is. Is he, is he an impressionist? Oh, it could be like a uh, somebody they found on like YouTube who has done like uh, like a spot on impression, right? Like, is, wasn't there a? There's was, a notable like there's a an, a band, a pretty high profile band that did that, right? Yeah, didn't they get 
somebody from one of their cover bands? To- yeah, I forget who that was, but they definitely discovered this guy on YouTube and he sounded like almost exactly like the singer who had passed away. Yeah. Oh, was it Journey? It was Journey. That's right. Yeah, this is this is mm-hmm. weird. Do I dare click on this? I think it'll like actually like make me vomit. The uh, the cover. The there we go. Oh, this, this sounds okay. like an anime okay. intro. Okay. It's like they turned uh, they turned okay. that track into an anime intro. I was kind of into that. If we want to continue, we we can't right because the copyright. Uh, uh, I'll have to. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. He's pretending to. Yep, he's pretending to be. Yep, that's so bad. No, that's so bad. No, no, no. Hey now. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. It would suck if we got flagged just for that. It was not worth it. No, it wasn't. Oh. <laughs> The comments here. That certainly was a Smash Mouth cover of Rick Astley. I hope Steve is doing well. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Now, is Geezer as a project, is that like, is that like ageist? To who? Just old people? Like, yeah. Um, yeah. They got it common. I suppose. Oh, <laughs> 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 shit. Um... So, I don't know. I feel like we've been having a good time here. I don't think I want to do the Ovechkin thing. Oh, okay. It's just, it's just kind of a bummer. Uh, Ovechkin sucks, and he's a Putin lapdog. I, well, I really don't want to... Uh, see, I'm, I'm... I don't know. <laughs> I, don't... I mean, you mentioned it, so we kind of have to address it, right? Okay, all right. So, Alex Ovechkin of the Washington Capitals... Uh, by the way, He's I think big... he just uh did he just tie or break Yager's uh scoring uh, uh, scoring number? Yeah, I think he's like third um, all the time now. For a long time he has been a big uh fan of uh, Vladimir Putin. He's big buddies with him. Uh the biggest evidence being that his Instagram profile uh for a long time has been him with Vladimir Putin. Um and even after the uh, uh Russian invasion of Ukraine, it has remained his profile picture, even though he is still active on the platform. Um, But it goes a lot deeper than that. He has um, set up programs basically uh, promoting uh, Vladimir Putin, including some sort of Team Putin thing to get youth into hockey and also into Putin. It's almost like a Putin youth situation. Uh, (laughs) uh, Just some really weird stuff. Um... And you might say, well, he doesn't have a choice. Uh, you know, he's got family back in Russia, yes. blah, 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 blah. I've heard that counterpoint, and I was going to bring that counterpoint up. Um, but I'm curious what you think. Uh, about. Well, apparently he has such sway in Russia that if, uh, like, he's the biggest star, like, ever, that, one, he could easily get his family out of Russia if something were to happen, and two... Uh, he is just that big of a star that, like, even the government wouldn't touch him or his family. How do we know that, so, though? According to people that know more than us. Um, so this, a lot of this is coming from um, a person by the name of Slava Malamud, uh, who uh, was a former 
uh, sports and politics writer from the D.C. area. Um, so this is from a thread that they made a couple weeks ago because I wanted to talk about this a couple weeks ago. But uh, um, So fun fact, in 2014, Ovechkin called Ukrainians fascists, promoting Putin's narrative to legitimize his initial invasion of Donbass. Uh, when co- when I called him out, uh, Capitals PR wrote me a nasty gram calling me a, quote, smug fan and not a journalist and threatened to yank my credentials, which they did. Um, and he says, for those asking, yes, I do have receipts. Um, and the exchange was precipitated by Ovechkin's taking part in the Kremlin's Save Children from Fascism campaign, which painted Ukraine as a Nazi country and Russia's ac- occupation of Crimea and Donbass as a rescue mission. Um, and uh, basically... Capital's PR, uh, team's PR revoked his credentials just for asking questions about uh, Ovechkin's involvement in these uh, sort of statements. Well, that's incredibly shitty on the part of the Capitals. Yeah, uh, and, and so, th- this, because this is something that uh, the Capitals want to keep completely quiet in the U.S. They don't want any mention of this coming up. Um, and they also... Uh, refused to give him uh, credentials for uh, an IIHF tournament that was happening at the Caps Arena uh, several years later, saying that he had been banned. So much from for the arena. Uh, free speech in America, eh? Uh huh. Yeah. Um. So there, there, there are a lot of um, Russians in the um, Caps management, front office, PR, etc. Uh, not that that is, you know, some sort of conspiracy right. or whatever. Uh, like it makes sense. They have a lot of Russian players and their biggest star is Russian. So, you know, it makes sense in order to, and they get lots of, um, Russian reporters in in the media room. So it makes sense to have, uh, contacts like that. Um, but it's clear that they, uh, have been running cover for him for a, a number of years and they don't want those stories brought up in the United States whatsoever. Um, and yeah, it, it goes deeper than him just doing some little PR events for, you know, the Russian prime minister, right? You know, it's like, it's like hockey teams and sports teams, whatever, they have to make trips to the White House, you know, shit like that. Like, it doesn't mean that they support, uh, you know, all the policies And those you can, country. you can, like, as a player, yeah, of course. you can opt out of the White House trip if you want to. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, and no, it doesn't make sense to... Uh, have a, a sports player speak up for every action that uh, their government makes. But whenever you are actually r- running politically motivated events for a politician, then you should expect people to ask questions. Oh, yeah. Like that is not, that is not, that is not. Yeah, I think people realm. should be able to ask away, which is what's so infuriating about this uh, story with the reporter. It's like being silenced like that by, you know, the Capitals organization. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and it goes, it goes further. It goes further because th- th- these are, these are statements that Ovechkin is making, right? Th- like saying that Ukrainians are fascists and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Th- th- these are not just like doing a fundraising event or whatever, or, you know, he's, he's setting up organizations, he's rallying, you know, youth events, like it, he's much more involved. Okay. Right. Like, th- like the same thing. Like, uh, I think Malkin was involved in this team mm-hmm. Putin thing, like just as a, as a name, I don't know how involved he was, but he's not on Instagram making statements saying that Ukrainians are fascists and that these, uh, occupations are justified. Yeah. I guess I right? just... Like I'm skeptical a, a, about the agency 
that Ovechkin has because he is, like you said, such a superstar. And like, this is a government that, you know, opposition to Putin ends pretty poorly for a lot of people, like historically. Um, so I don't know. I, I just like, I, I come in with that sort of like, I don't want to say benefit of the doubt, uh, but this is also before I heard about the uh, calling Ukrainians Nazis like that. It's just, that's like, that's like next level yeah. right there. But. So, so we have an example as of, Last uh-huh. year or a year ago, where Artemi Panarin is incredibly, uh, has been critical of uh, Putin and but his administration. But he's nowhere near as popular right? as Ovechkin, though. No, but we could still see what yes. happened, right? So what happened is, is that uh, the, out of Russia, a bunch of bogus stories started coming out about uh, Panarin and his family mm-hmm. or something like that. Um and uh, to try to uh, impact his um, career and season and life, you know, uh, and basically what happened was is he took like a week or two off, you know, um, and everybody in the U.S. was like, oh, this is just Russian propaganda. And, you know, his team rallied around him and, you know, even fans of other teams rallied around him, honestly. And he continued on to have, you know, a good year. So if that's the extent of what Russia is capable it's not, of, for it's a not player because Ovechkin is, is significantly, like exponentially more popular than Panarin is as a celebrity, as a public figure. Right. So I think I think that means that he's even less. Oh, I was thinking the opposite. I was thinking like if he were to oppose, especially at a time like now, I, I feel like he would face more drastic consequences by the Russian government, potentially. It might. No. No, I think you he's think more, he's more insulated, more protected. More protected, yeah. He does absolutely. have family in the country. Yeah, I'm sure. So did Panarin, and, the, and they're okay. You know, like it's not like they were suddenly bound and gagged and assassinated. Okay, you know, like they just tried to make things difficult for him, and it didn't work. So I, I uh, Ovechkin is the biggest Russian yes. star. Hockey is a big mm-hmm. deal in Russia. Like I think, I think even the Russian, like the Russian populace, I think is smarter if suddenly a bunch of stories started coming out about Ovechkin, you know, so weird rumors after he like dismissed Putin or something like that. I think they could catch on to what had happened. I mean, I think a lot of citizens in Russia catch on to the propaganda, but it still persists. Yeah, but I'm just saying. And so like, I don't think it would impact his career in the US, you know? Okay. I don't know. I just wanted to bring that 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 sort of counterpoint up. Um, but but I think the problem is, is that I don't think he wants to okay. do that. I don't I don't think Well, because what did he say when asked about the invasion? He basically said something along the lines of uh he doesn't wa- he does war is bad. War bad. Um yeah. which is really just a generic nothing statement. Um but like on uh, you know, for someone who's so deeply ingrained with you know with the Putin regime, like it is not it's at least not showing some direct support for the invasion. I mean, I don't know what that counts for, if anything. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know what anybody expected him to say. I didn't expect anything. Um, I think it. I I honestly think asking him and any Russian player whether they are you know have vocalized support for uh, the Putin regime or not is fruitless. Like mm-hmm. it's not going to do anything. Um, and I think that you know if he goes to a city with a large Ukrainian population, that they have every right to boo the fucking shit out of him. Uh, which happens oh, yeah. whenever for he those went, statements, sure. Which is what happened when he went to Edmonton the other night. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, like, yeah, I, I don't think questioning him. I think it's a better idea to attempt to get answers from the fucking capitals and why they're running all this cover on him for uh, specifically 
his past actions, I think those are the I mean, better questions. You know, the what the Capitals, it sounds like they're doing there is not, you know, not that different. I mean, obviously on a, a much less, a much smaller level and without violent consequences, but like, you know, they're doing kind of what the Russian government does and trying to silence people and trying to continue this narrative and just, you know, pretend that these problems don't exist. So yeah, yeah, completely, man. And for an organization that's literally like <laughs> located in the capital of the US to be to be mm-hmm. uh, preventing, you know, free speech and, and freedom of the press and whatnot. Yeah, it's a really bad look. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm I'm not uh, a fan of uh, you know, punishing uh, like like these stupid uh sanctions like uh the the what is it the fucking CHL draft? They're basically banning Russian players. I don't understand like, what that accomplishes. That's that's fucking like there's insane. a Canadian um there's a Canadian like sports apparel brand. I forget which one. But they've decided to remove all Russian players from their advertising um, w- with the caveat that they're still paying them the the money they would be receiving for the deals. But they're removing like their likeness from their advertising, which I don't understand what that accomplishes because these athletes aren't responsible for what's happening. Okay. So. All right. Okay. That one I can see. That, can you? That one is actually the most rational thing I've heard. But why though? Like what does that okay. do? I don't. Hold on. Okay. Putin loves hockey and one of the biggest deals to him is the fact that the biggest stars, first of all, he doesn't like that they play overseas. They love, they love to keep their talent. Sure. Right. It like Malkin had to be smuggled out of the country in order to play in the NHL. They don't, they don't like for them to leave, but once they do, uh, they then see it as an enormous point of pride that the best players in the world are Russian and that the best players are seen and heard and are making enormous accomplishments overseas. It's like, see, see what we can do. We're, mm-hmm. inf- we're infiltrating and then we dominate over there too. So that makes the most sense to me. It's like, all right, fine. We will take away, like you you won't be seen in these stupid advertisements and in these stupid endorsements. But the players still get paid. That that I get. That makes the most sense to me. Okay. I mean, frame that way, it makes more sense. Um, I just, it's like in the grand scheme of things, I mean, I guess you're doing what you can, right? Yeah, yeah but like, but like, Punishing like fucking fifteen year old kids oh, for ridiculous. nothing they can control ever. Right. Like no, no, it doesn't make sense. Cause then you're 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 messing with um somebody's future, somebody's life and their trajectory, and for for what? For what do yeah, they do? Nothing. It's like and it, and it, and it's going so far as like uh Russian um Twitch streamers can't get payouts from Twitch now. Yeah, that doesn't make sense either. Like it's insane. That one is actually due to um the like economic sanctions from the United States. So Twitch legally has to do that. I mean, how, I don't know if this is like a, a false uh, equivalence here, but like how long did the army have a Twitch platform? <laughs> like I, come right, on. Yeah, it's no, it's it's like punish punishing the the citizenry of Russia for things that they can't mm-hmm. control. It's like, why does the Russian government, why, they're an oligarchy. They, they're they fine. Punishing their citizens isn't going to do right. shit. So. Once again, it's the, the consequences of invasions of war lands firmly on the citizens of the countries involved. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, it's a mess. It's a mess. <laughs> I wasn't going to talk. Yeah. I wasn't going to talk about it, but then you got to talk about it. Yeah. So, um, Dua Lipa, uh, pop superstar, uh, is facing some lawsuits into some legal trouble over 
her uh, hit single Levitating. Um, so just in the past week, there's been like two or three different lawsuits, uh, copyright lawsuits, saying that uh, these artists are claiming that uh, Lipa and her, her songwriting team uh, copy their music. Um, so one of them is... <laughs> So one of them is uh, this this artist from the 70s, a disco duo. Uh, the songwriters are L. Russell Brown and Sandy Linzer. And they accused Dua Lipa of copying their song Wiggle and Giggle All Night. Um, and <laughs> what I thought was hilarious was that in their statement... Oh. They, I'm quoting them here. They said, uh, the lawyers for Brown and Windsor, they said, defendants have levitated away plaintiff's intellectual property. And then continuing here, they say, plaintiffs bring suit so that defendants cannot oh. wiggle out of their willful infringements. <laughs> Who are these lawyers? Okay. Is this Bob right. Loblaw? Like, what's you, going on here? Who are these lawyers? Are you suing somebody, or are you like throwing these puns around in their in their official? Yeah, statements? like what the fuck is this? How are like how are we supposed to take this seriously? <laughs> what the what the fuck is this? You can wiggle on out of my courtroom right now. If I was the judge, I'd be like, "What are you doing?" But yeah, like you doing? listen to them side by side, and it's like, yeah, yeah sure, there's similarities, doing? but like. Um, you know, take your pick of popular songs that have other songs that sound somewhat like them. Like there are only so many notes in the in the musical uh, yeah spectrum, is, right? Is like this, you know, is this like the <laughs> Olivia Rodrigo with the drive my car or whatever <laughs> driver's license? That's very funny though. Um, oh shit! What, what, no, well that's a little whatever, bit different. Whatever song um, so that was uh, that's the song the was that's that song claimed to be sort of like ripping off of uh, Paramore and, and Taylor Swift. And what was interesting about that case was that um, Rodrigo came out and said that, yeah, like those were inspirations for me. Uh, I'm big fans of both of them. And, and I definitely took inspiration, um, which I would, that's how I would describe it. Mm -hmm. I would say that these songs are, that, that her song is inspired by the, those artists, not like that they're being ripped off. Um, but then Olivia Rodrigo was like giving out writing credits left and right, yeah. which was which was strange. Um, but yeah, in this case, I really don't think they have much of a case here. <laughs> right. I mean, it's yeah, no yeah, yeah, it's yeah. no um, coincidence that this track, uh, Levitating, is spent um, over a full year on the Billboard uh, Top 100. You know, it's always the big the big top tracks that mm. receive these types of, of lawsuits. And, you know, these artists, like, they come out of the woodwork. Yep, uh, yep, yep. You know, interesting timing that Dua Lipa's on, like, her big tour now. You know, it's gaining a lot of attention online and stuff. I don't know. Just the timing of it mm -hmm. seems a little suspect. I mean, obviously, you don't want to see, like, indie, smaller indie artists be ripped off and, and, and profited off of. But I just don't think that's the case here. I think that her album is very much, like, 70s and 80s, especially right. disco-inspired. And and, and uh, you're going to run into similarities from that era. Like, it's just going to happen. So, yeah, that's happening. Um, you see a lot of jokes about it online. Like, I saw one mm -hmm. caption. I think it was uh, Stereo Gums Instagram. They were like... Uh, they were like, if you or any anyone you know has uh, has written "Levitating" by Dua Lipa, uh, Dua, Dua Lipa, Jesus Christ, Dua Lipa, um, you should call this number. You might be entitled to compensation. It's pretty good, but um, <laughs> yeah, I actually I actually saw this artist uh, in person last week. That's right. 
I know, right? In person performances. Kind of a weird night, though. I, I texted you about it. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I went to. It was at the Prudential Center. You know, um, I was interested in the entire bill. Like, I like the two openers as well, especially Caroline Polachek. Uh, she's one of my very favorite uh, pop artists, and I'd never seen her live, so I was really mm-hmm. looking forward to that. Um, but we were up in like the not the very top section, but like pretty high up. You know, like section 100, whatever. Um, yeah. Definitely not different. Definitely not floor level. And so I, f- I feel like that is plays into part of the problem I had, which is that um, for Caroline Polachek's set, the lighting was a disaster. It was quite dark, mm. just like the baseline. It was quite dark. But then we had a problem where the lights would shoot up in our direction and sort of like blind us from being able to see pretty much anything. Um, I sort mm. of likened it to like headlights at night, you know, if a car is coming in the opposite direction and uh, their headlights prevent you from seeing anything ahead of you. That's kind of like what was happening, but with the stage. Yeah. Um, so it was just like a bummer. And, and like on top of that, like she's just the opener. So like most people in the venue didn't really care. And it's like, so here's somebody playing, like, in my opinion, some of the very best pop songs of the past few years. And like, nobody really gives a shit. And also I can't see what's happening. So that kind of sucked. Um, but then con- contrasted with, uh, the production value, uh, that Dua Lipa has was just like, it was like, uh, night and day practically. Um, so elaborate, sure. so colorful. It was like uh, sort of like an Andy Warhol pop art type oh. deal. Yeah, just like really like bright colors. Um, like her outfit, her first outfit is just full on like uh, neon green. And so she completely mm-hmm. stands out even from like her her dancers and whatnot. Um, they unveiled like this massive, incredibly clear uh, screen, which had a lot of really cool artwork that sort of interacted with the, the performances. Um, just like a... Just like a really, really cool production, like on every level. And then she's terrific. Um, Mm -hmm. Choreography was great. That was, that was great. It's just my, my complaint was they sort of like, yeah, they sort of screwed over the first two artists. Um, cause there really wasn't, it's like very, it was very clear that that they were openers and didn't really matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like the other thing, so like, I don't know if this makes sense, but, uh, what like we're used to going to small music venues that are music venues. Like Mm -hmm. that's what they're made for. Like Asbury Park, we go to quite a bit. Um, it was strange going to a hockey arena yeah. because it felt very, very corporate. Um, and so like there was this sort of like, I know this contradiction where you're like in this place that feels very corporate and very like, I don't know, like you just see advertisements everywhere. It's it's just like thousands upon thousands of people. Um, there's like no personality to it. And then you have an artist who is performing uh, art essentially. <laughs> Right. Mm-hmm. So like you have somebody, somebody uh, putting their art out there in this environment and it just kind of clashes. Yeah. I don't know if I'm making any sense here, but it's like there's a no, clash no, between like there's a clash between like the corporate side and the art side. And you trying to like connect with this artist and like experience their work in this environment that just doesn't. Yeah. Fit. Yeah. It's like you, you go to a venue and it's like that. This is what this is for. But, but you went to an arena and it's like this is. It's, it's out of place. Like it doesn't seem like it should um, be here. Totally. Yeah. And when and and when you um factor in the the lighting issues and the fact that like yeah this stage like it, yeah this is all all of this is not suited to this performance right now. Um, it just left mm-hmm. me with kind of like an icky feeling. But uh, but yeah, then Dua Lipa came out and everything was <laughs> <laughs> was wonderful. So um, so I I do need to see Caroline Polachek mm-hmm. one day. Uh, headline a show. 
in a smaller yeah. place and I'm sure that will be great. But, uh, but yeah, so that, that was something, um, I, I did have, do we have time for one more thing? Cause I had, yeah, uh, yeah, I did yeah. want to touch upon the Indie Spirit Awards because, um, I watched them over the weekend. This is the award show, like the televised award show, the one that I actually look forward to every year rather than like watch out of like perceived obligation mm-hmm. or just like straight up masochism. Um, so the, the Indie Spirit Awards, they have, they usually happen the same week as the Oscars, like sometimes the, the day before and they have like this giant tent over in like i don't know hollywood or whatever out by the beach and uh like all the celebrities are there um but what i love about it is that they usually recognize i mean it's in the name smaller independent films uh especially ones that the uh, academy sort of passes by and and doesn't doesn't uh, look at um and i thought this was interesting because there were quite a few winners this year that we talked about on the podcast uh so i wanted to, to mention those oh, okay. real quick. the big winner of the night was uh lost daughter so that won best feature um it won three awards in total maggie gyllenhaal i think she won best director um as well as i think for uh, mm. best first feature because uh, it was her first her first uh time directing um that's also what I love about the show is that they have these different categories that sort of expand upon what you would expect yeah. at like an Oscars where they have like they have like uh, the John Cassavetes Award, which is um, lower budget films. I think oh, the wow. max okay. uh, is like five hundred thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they have like much smaller mm. movies. Uh, the winner of that was uh, Shiva Baby, which was uh, definitely one of my favorites from last year. I don't know if you saw mm-hmm. that one. Yeah, it's like it's 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 probably the most Jewish movie I've ever seen. Um, mm. <laughs> it's about like this woman who keeps encountering like people from her past at the Shiva that she goes to. And it, the entire thing takes place in, in, in one house. So it's 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 low budget, um, but it's it's very, very good. Um, so yeah, Lost Order won Best Feature. Uh, the winner of Best International <laughs> Film uh, is not the Olivia Rodrigo <laughs> song, but it is Drive My Car. Yeah. So that was cool to see. Um, best Director was uh, Gyllenhaal. Um, best Male Performance in a Scripted Series was uh, Lee Jung hmm. Jae from Squid Game. Was that the was he the lead? Was, uh, I believe so. Yes. Okay. Um, what else here? Oh yes, uh, Best First Screenplay went to Pig. Yeah, which I thought was a really great uh, mm. choice. Um, okay. What else? Oh yes, uh, the the show started. You're gonna love this. The show started with best supporting male, which was Troy Kotzer for Coda. Good start to the show there. Um, okay. And okay. then yeah, so I believe that's it for the ones that we've talked about on the show. The one that I wanted to mention was I think possibly the biggest uh, snub from the Academy this year mm. was the movie uh, Passing, which was the Netflix film uh, Rebecca Hall's directorial debut it was based on the um who wrote it uh the nella larson novel about uh these two former uh these Mm. two high school friends who encounter one another years later and they're both mixed race and one of the women is passing entirely as white and is like ingrained in just like society as a white person while the other one uh the other woman is is not and so they they sort of like Mm -hmm. uh reunite and you sort of like learn about like their new dynamic and and how each is living their lives and whatnot. It's a terrific movie. It's outstanding. Um, and Ruth Nega starred in that. And I thought that she gave like the most the most interesting and like nuanced and understated performance that I've seen like all year. And the Academy just like completely snubbed that film. But uh, at the Spirits, she ended up winning a supporting female actor. Mm-hmm. And the film itself won uh, Best Cinematography which was really cool. So I was, mm. I was very happy to see that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Also, something notable was um, <laughs> they have a couple of awards that there aren't any nominees for. I guess the voting body just like determines a winner ahead of time, like just decides to award this particular movie or cast with an award without having like a list of nominees. So in this case, it was best ensemble cast in a TV series. Okay. And it was uh, Reservation Dogs, the FX series. Mm. About like um, this indigenous community and the kids on there and like the antics that they get into. And mm-hmm. Taika Waititi is one of the producers on the show. And I thought it was so funny that um, for whatever reason they had Taika um, come out and deliver this award to the cast. <laughs> so he comes out and he's like, okay, so this is what we're doing now. We're, we're, we're gathering in a tent and we're just showing up here. We're getting, you know – we're we're having cocktails and we're just giving ourselves awards. <laughs> we're just handing out awards to ourselves and that that's what this has come to. Uh it was just very it was very funny. Um but yeah, that was really cool. Um just like a, a really just fun award show in general. Like it's it's just like great when you have like award shows that actually recognize like a, a diverse range of of like filmmaking and stuff and uh you know you have winners that are you just wouldn't see them recognized in most other places um and what's interesting especially this year is that uh, these these awards usually don't have an impact on the oscars because they usually take place after the voting has ended but because of like the weird schedule that's still happening with covid and whatnot um i could definitely see like something like the lost daughter getting a boost uh because voting is still open for the oscars and this gained quite a bit of mm. attention you know for winning three awards over the weekend and even something even something like drive my car winning international film uh, could could get a little bit of a boost Interesting. but we'll have to see anyway yeah that was my uh that was that was the uh the spirit awards i missed the first like 15 minutes of the show um because for some reason they took place at 5 p.m on saturday wow. <laughs> it's like it's just five in the afternoon, so I was like eating dinner. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, those are those are about to start. But uh, yeah, it was almost three hours long, which I could have done without. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that is what it is. Like whenever, <laughs> whenever, like I feel like the academy is in like a no win situation because they had all that um, sort of blowback from cutting certain uh, awards from the TV from the telecast, right? Like they announced like a lot of the crafts ones, like uh, like editing or, or stuff like that. They're gonna not have take. They're not gonna take place live. They're just gonna like cut them. Uh, they're gonna have them like yeah. in the pre-show and then like air the highlight of it during the show to like kind of move it along. Um, but mm-hmm. then like everybody in the industry hates that because this is like the one time those people can be recognized. And it's like, why are you like, right. shortchanging them? So it's like they can't win. It's like you want a, a more concise and and streamlined show, but then you also want everybody to be recognized. And it's like, I don't yeah. really know what you do there, you know? Because, like, w- say what you will about the yeah, Oscars, like, uh, it's never a compelling broadcast, you know? As as a TV, mm-hmm. as a piece of television, it's never very good. Like, if you're watching it, you're watching it just to see who wins. You're watching it because, you know, you want to see speeches by people that you know. But, like, as a show itself, it's not, right. it's not good. <laughs> And I don't anticipate that to change. Like yeah, in this case, like, yeah, I don't know either. Like in this case that the spirits like Maggie Gyllenhaal, I love the lost daughter. I love Maggie Gyllenhaal. But by the time she went up there to give her third speech of the night, I, I honestly turned it off because mm-hmm. like, it's great that she won these awards, but like she gave two lengthy speeches already. And then the film won best feature right. and she was going up to the stage again. I'm like, ah, oh, do I need to hear any more, you know? So I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, we are coming up on the end of award <laughs> season pretty soon. So that won't have to, to take up uh, time, time on the on the podcast. I know it's it's not uh, 
I'm definitely more invested than probably anybody listening. Well, it's just uh, tough because so. I, I don't have you know any input except for the yeah. I mean, that I feel like seen, we've seen a you know? so pretty like, good amount of the nominated <laughs> films. Yeah, like, we've definitely seen more than half of the best picture nominees. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it, uh, especially if you stick it out to the end through our experimenting and whatever the send fuck us we in try your favorite type um, of water. Yeah, 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 yeah. Send us your favorite location that you source your water, even if it is from the fucking tap. Um, uh, just going to go through some business real quick. Uh, Facebook is the absolute worst. Um, they said that uh, the page can't be monetized uh, because apparently I post, uh, quote, low effort and, quote, unoriginal content, which is ouch. Uh, I mean, that's that's fair. Is it? Cause I, yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with that assessment. Really? I tried pretty mm-hmm. hard. <laughs> I'm trying, man. Um, Wait, so what is this? What does that mean, though? Is it, there's not like some employee at Facebook that's like listening to our show and determining that, right? So, how, is this like an algorithm? No, no, they're not. I think it. I think it's based on like the actual posts, but that also doesn't make sense based on the examples that they give because it's like, oh, well, if you're aggregating things from other sources, then you can't do that. But it's like I don't do that. Um, they're just assuming so I that we suck. That they're actually not really reviewing it. Uh, based off of the reviews that I've given them. Um, oh. I think it's back whenever Roger was doing a lot of stuff for the page and he would just post a lot of memes that he found. Um, but I deleted all those because they were in violation of the monetization. It's not the but TikToks, I don't think it? they give a shit. So that's, no, no, it's got nothing to do with TikToks. Um, so that's fun. Uh, Facebook sucks. They suck, but um, also not entirely. Also, uh, <laughs> I, I got issues with that assessment. Um, also I might be doing a sponsored stream soon, maybe, I don't know. I got to figure it out. Um, but check out twitch.tv slash dead road for updates on that. And I'll post on Twitter at dead road whenever I do that, if I decide to do that. Um, and also, even though I just talk shit, but check out the Facebook at facebook.com slash dead road TV and do you, cause that is the place that has the most, it does, it. it does. And it's very confusing. Um, and you could do you search for dinner at TV, check out uh, clips and archives and full episodes of the show and email. By the way, at all. Yeah. By the way, there's um, I mentioned before how the one reason I'd like to be on Facebook is to follow uh-huh. Paul Schrader's uh, nonsense ranting on there. There is now a Twitter account that is called uh, Paul Schrader's Facebook, and it just s- screen grabs all of his posts. So I am set. I am oh, set sure. without having nice. to step foot on, Are you? on Facebook. There you go. Um, you can email us anything at all, uh, like your thoughts on Paul Schrader at video at deader.co and give us a rating if your podcast app of choice allows you to do so. And if you think, if you think there's any soul that would be interested in this fucking shit show, or, or if you just want to, you know, ruin somebody's hour and a half, uh, tell them about the show. That would help us out. Uh, yeah, that's going to do for us. We'll see you next week like we always say it